having imposter syndrome, all it really means, it's a redefinition. All it means is I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm figuring it out. Mm -hmm. That's what it means. Mm -hmm. And figuring it out sounds a lot different than I don't know. I'm figuring it out. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do a podcast, but I'm figuring it out. I don't know how to become a photographer, but I'm figuring it out. I don't know how to host events, but I'm figuring it out. You can say the same thing for coaching, for right. Anything that I've invested my time, my energy into, I had no idea what I was doing when I got into it but I was figuring it out. As long as we are willing to own that we're figuring it out, then I'm proud to wear a shirt that says imposter. Welcome to the Find Your Strong podcast. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay, president of Strong Fitness Magazine, founder of Team Strong Girls and fitness coach turned fitness publisher. Each week, I'm going to give you a thought or an interview of how to build stronger bodies, stronger minds and stronger relationships. Getting to where I am now has been nothing short of a journey of the ultimate highs and the deepest of lows. I've had my fair share of setbacks, near bankruptcy, an eating disorder, and multiple miscarriages. You name it, I lost my way time and time again. But through it all, I uncovered my purpose, which gave me the perseverance to find my strong and stay the course. I've spent more than 15 years coaching women, and I know that fitness is a vessel to help you feel strong, confident, and empowered in your body and your life. If you're looking for inspiration and motivation, you've come to the right place. You are not going to want to miss this. Hello, and welcome back to the show. Today, I'm sitting down with James Patrick, who's actually the first male on this podcast, and he just shot the most recent cover of Strong Fitness Magazine with Callie Bundy on the cover. If you have not grabbed your issue, it is on shelves now, so be sure to do so. James Patrick is an award-winning photographer, best-selling author, entrepreneur, coach, podcast host, and public speaker based in Phoenix, Arizona. He is the founder of Fitposium, an annual conference guiding fitness entrepreneurs to grow their careers. James has received a bevy of awards for his work as a photographer, marketer, and entrepreneur. James Patrick's mission is to create art and opportunity for others. I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the show, James. It's so nice to sit down with you and chat, even if it's over Zoom. I was uh, just on your podcast not too long ago, but cameras were off, so it's nice to see your face. It has been way too long and just so grateful that, I mean, you and I, we've been working together a number of years and just so excited that we can now have this new connection, just new way to converse with each other, but then also share and give value to the audiences. So super excited for that. Absolutely. The last time I saw you, I was actually in your hometown, Scottsdale, Arizona, I flew down to shoot with you. We did like that whole mountain workout shoot and I just remember like lugging up all that equipment. (laughs) It was freaking hot. It wasn't as hot for you because you're used to like super, super hot. But yeah, it was so much fun. And that workout spread was actually published in Strong Fitness Magazine, which is really cool. So this is like a full circle moment for the both of us right now. Yeah. uh, What I remember was thinking it was a good idea to have you do kettlebell swings uh, standing on the side of a mountain, like on the cliff of this mountain. I thought that was a really good idea and the photos turned out great. So I'm glad, I'm glad I put your life at risk. Yeah. It was for the readers. I'm totally, I'm totally game for anything like that. (laughs) Even if my life is at risk. Um, And you also, uh, we touched uh, 
I've been on your podcast, but um, recently your Beyond the Image podcast has hit 50K downloads. So congratulations on that. When did that all start for you? You know, I've been podcasting for close to 10 years now, but through the course of that, and this is the thing, it's like, as you start something, you have no idea what you're doing in the process of doing that. I'm sure, I'm sure that has impacted you, you know, starting this show. It's like, okay, now I'm running a podcast. What does that mean? And I guess I'm a podcaster. And like we were joking right before we started the recording about what, what sort of mics and, and boom stands we have for, for our, you know, for our recording. And totally. early on, I think we have to give ourselves permission to suck a little bit. My first podcasts were atrociously terrible. In fact, one of the top podcasts I've ever done in regards to number of downloads, it was with Jamie Eason, and it was for a show that has long since been defunct. And to do this podcast, we had to drive from Arizona to Los Angeles because she was speaking or doing a autograph sign at the LA Fit Expo. So we had to lock her down there. So we had to drive all the way out to LA because we did not have Zoom back then. Uh, and we had two microphones, but we didn't really know how to use them. Uh, and her microphone, unfortunately, wasn't working. So the only way we got the audio to work was to pick up her audio coming through my microphone, which was across the table. It sounded awful, oh, so no. awful. But here's the important thing about this is no one really cared because they were in it for the content. Mm -hmm. They're in it for what the, the, the idea was behind the show. So if there's one takeaway I want your listeners to have, I know we're kind of jumping into this right away. It's be okay figuring things out as you go through this process because your audience, be it your, your followers on social media or the subscribers to your podcast, the readers of your blog will forgive you if your intention is there to support and help them. I totally agree. I mean, my first podcast, I, I was like, I, I think I recorded it maybe like 50 times, <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. you know, and then I just was like, you know what? It's okay if I slip up, you know, people are more concerned. They, they don't even care. You know, it's about your message in the end. Right. So, um, and you know, you started in this industry and correct me if I'm wrong, but as a photographer and now you, yep, now you sort of right. transitioned. Yeah transitioned into more of a business coach, right? Or, or am I wrong here? No, 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 no. I, 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 the only reason I said that sounds right, you know my story better than I do, Jenny, <laughs> is um, I, I was going to say, well, I started as a journalist, but not in the fitness industry. I was not a journalist oh, in the okay. fitness industry. My, my entry into the fitness industry was as a photographer. And for, you know, I've been a photographer for 20 years, uh, mostly doing magazine work, as, as you know. And I, in that time, I've shot 500 covers. But as I was trying to grow my photography business, I was also working in marketing and business development. And what was so interesting about that was when I left the marketing job, I just took everything I learned at seven years working at that marketing job and just put it right into my photography business. And I was able to grow that brand as a result. And I think that unfortunately, we have this distinction between building a brand and growing a business. Mm -hmm. I to ask people, what does building a brand mean? And they'll, they'll say things like, I mean, everything from uh, the color of the logos, the, the, the design, the shape, the, the emotional aftertaste that you have with your, your product or service, um, the mission statement, the mantra, you know, all this yeah. very flowery language. I said, okay, how do you grow a business? And I said, well, you make sales. I said, well, why aren't those two the exact same. 
Why can't we do both simultaneously? So I was able to do that with my brand as I was growing my business. But then what I saw were so many of the people in the health and fitness space I was working with, even though like I was helping them earn media features, they had no idea what to do with the media features. Mm -hmm. We had this one client, she landed not one, not two, but three magazine covers off a single photo shoot. I talked to her a year later, assuming she was just swimming, like three magazine covers, newsstand magazine covers. You have to be swimming in business. And she's like, oh, I'm out of the industry. Now I work this front desk job. And I'm like, what are you crazy? What happened? They're like, well, I didn't know what to do with the attention. And that was that light bulb Mm -hmm. moment for me. It's like, okay, I was lucky. I was fortunate to work in marketing. So I understand that it's not how good your product is. It's not how good your service is, not how good your brand is. It's about how you're communicating and sharing it with the world. So that is what kind of led into the coaching element through our Fitposium conference, my coaching, my mastermind, my book, all the podcast, all those things was trying to connect together. Let's not just create the best visual imagery, but let's teach people how to get their message or their methodology in front of a bigger audience. How to use it. I love that so much because, you know, as as coaching women for over 15 years now and helping them, you know, get in front of the camera to do their first photo shoot. Some of them have been published. Uh, I, I've seen the same thing. They just don't know how to use the images after. There's such a, there's such a gap there. You know, um, I even, uh, have started, uh, strong girls pro, which I, which I actually educate my girls who have, who are shooting very often. And now they're, you know, getting their own articles printed and that sort of thing. How to, how to actually use them to tell people what they're doing and connecting with their audience more. So I love that you do that. Do you, is Fitposium still, still going on? Or have you transitioned Seven online? years. Well, well, so yeah, we did in 2020, we did go completely virtual, uh, which interesting enough was our top rated event we've ever done. Wow. Uh, and we had people tuning in from seven countries. Uh, and so like when we were, when we were doing like temperature, like at one point we had someone from, uh, the U S from Canada, from South Africa, from the UK and from Australia, all on the, all on a call at the same time during the conference. I was like, this is insane. We're not just in different countries. We are in different continents and different, like people are there at two in the morning and people are there at, you know, four in the afternoon connecting to support each other. So as we're going into this year, our seventh year, when we started the conference, it was so simple. It's like, let's just have three pillars. How do you build a brand? How do you market a brand? And how do you profit from a brand in the fitness industry? And let's gather people together to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. And over over our six six years of conferences, this is our seventh year, we've had 1,500 attendees go through our our program. It's just been so rewarding to see not just the fact that that they're sitting there, but what they do after. And I'll share a quick story. We had a client. Mm -hmm. Her name was Candice, one of our attendees at Fiposium. She was also one of my coaching clients. At Fiposium 2019, she said to me, it was the last one we did in person. She said, by this time next year, we made everyone say, where are you going to be at this time next year? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So by this time next year, I'll be working full-time as a coach. I said, okay, write it down. Now she was working. She had her full-time job, you know, the career and all that. The morning of Fiposium 2020, virtual Fiposium 2020, I get a text from her and she says, one year ago today, this is what I said, and this is what I wrote down. And just yesterday, I gave my notice. It's official. I'm full time. Like right there, like I, I'm getting, I'm getting the goose, the goosebumps yeah. all over. Mm-hmm. And this is not, I said, we hear this all the time. 
because when you gather people together, when you equip them with the Mm -hmm. right tools and resources, and then when you give them permission, not that Mm -hmm. they need it, but -hmm. when you give them that empowerment that they believe they have the permission to step forward, they do amazing freaking things. I love it. And I think you're also building that community for them too, like surrounding yourself with like-minded people that want to level up their lives like you do. I think that's super important and you've created an amazing community. Um, when is Fitposium? Is it is it going to be on this year? It's usually in October or September. Am I? So it, it it's usually in October. So okay. good memory. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's in September this year. And... I think people are starting to figure out why it's in September uh, because my wife is expecting and she's expecting, thank you. She's expecting right when Fitposium normally happens. Wow. So I was like, I can't risk this. No. And so I, I think, I think our audience will be okay. They'll be okay if we move Fitposium a little earlier in the year. So it's going to be September 9th, 10th and 11th. And the, the plan and the world will tell us, what the result will be. But the plan right now is we're going to bring back that virtual experience because it did so well. Mm, People were uh, just love the ability because we Mm -hmm. broke down the fourth wall. It wasn't a Zoom call. It was a chance to learn to connect, not just with other attendees, but with speakers. And we we, we equipped that. But then also, uh, we are looking to to have an in-person element for those that do feel comfortable, that do want to join us in person for some higher level work uh, as we're going to be doing some more in-depth workshops in person. That's incredible. That's amazing. And if you want to include some of your links, I'll, I'll be sure to include them in the show notes below for everyone interested. Um, so I know I've seen this a lot over my 15 years and now I'm, I'm grooming coaches. And the one thing that can really hold people back from achieving what they want in life. And I know you talk about this all the time is imposter syndrome. (laughs) Can we go there? Like, what are some of your tips to get over imposter syndrome? Or do you just have to accept it and continue to move forward? So I don't, the the listeners cannot tell, but you can see Jenny. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Is I'm wearing a shirt and right across the shirt says imposter. And I wear this shirt intentionally because we have mislabeled imposter syndrome. We believe when we set out to do something that at some point, someone's going to tell us we don't have the right to do it mm-hmm. or that we're not good enough to do it. We don't have enough experience or education or credentials or whatever we're doing is not going to work. That's going to fall on deaf ears. Okay. And that's when that imposter syndrome comes in that voice in the back of the head that says, who are you to do this thing? You need to go back into your lane and do the thing that was pre-approved for you. Okay. Okay. But the truth is, is that every single one of us is an imposter. Every single one of us, regardless of what we choose to spend our time doing, we're an imposter. When I picked up a camera for the first time, I had no idea how to make images. I was an imposter. The only thing that shifted was at some point, I claimed ownership of it. Okay. Look at, look at, look at what we're doing right now with podcasting. Like how many podcasts have you done as of recording this? Oh my goodness. Um, that's a good question. I think I think about 30 so far. So, you, so you're, you mean in, you're in a rhythm. Yeah. Oh, in you're my in podcast? Yeah. My yeah. podcast, I'm about 25, but I've been on about 30 podcasts. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's... Um, and early on, you're like, what am I doing here? You said yeah. you recorded your first episode like 20 or 30 times. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. That's imposter syndrome. Yeah. Uh, when I jumped on the mic, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was an imposter. Mm-hmm. When I first hosted my our Fiposium conference, 
I'd never hosted an event before. Yeah. I had no idea. We, I remember like we laughed, like my team and I, we, sh- we rented out a conference room at a Holiday Inn Express. This was our first symposium. And we just showed up that morning, like having no clue what we were getting ourselves into. You know, flash forward, you know, years later, we're doing these massive uh, expo halls with, you know, 500 people in the room and, you know, lights and stage and all, yeah. all that, all that, you know, hullabaloo. But we're imposters every step of this way. And we need to honor that we are imposter, that imposter syndrome is not a sign that you need to stop. Imposter syndrome is an affirmation that you are doing the right thing. Imposter, having imposter syndrome, all it really means, it's a redefinition. All it means is I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm figuring it out. Mm -hmm. That's what it means. Mm -hmm. And figuring it out sounds a lot different than I don't know. I'm figuring it out. I don't know how to do a podcast, but I'm figuring it out. I don't know how to become a photographer, but I'm figuring it out. I don't know how to host events, but I'm figuring it out. You can say the same thing for coaching, for right. Anything that I've invested my time, my energy into, I had no idea what I was doing when I got into it, but I was figuring it out. And as long as we are willing to own that we're figuring it out, then I'm proud to wear a shirt that says imposter. I love it. I love it. And we have to remind ourselves that every expert was once a beginner too, you know, and I feel like you hit the nail on the head there. Like you can just be honest with people and say, look, like I am, this is a new, this is a new world to me, but I hope you follow along. You know, you don't have to come out as this big expert. And I feel like a lot of people think that they have to do that. People love following you along on your own journey, you know, and, and seeing you succeed, they almost love that more than, you know, all of a sudden you just come out as this big expert where you're may, maybe doing something completely glad, different before. I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. there's a misperception of confidence that yeah. once you reach a certain level that yes. you just achieve confidence. And I'm just going to tell you, I've been running businesses for 20 years. It does not exist. Confidence only exists in hindsight. Mm. When I go to launch something new that I've never done before, I'm as terrified as I was when I was 19 years old trying to launch my first business. It does not go away. The difference is, is you learn that you can step forward despite the fear or in spite of the fear. And the confidence shows up later after it's already launched. And even if it doesn't work out, it's okay because you'll figure something else out. I was walking into this mastermind retreat Mm -hmm. uh, the first time I joined a high-level mastermind a number of years ago. And this is a collection of fellow entrepreneurs to connect, to support, and to go somewhere together as as a community. And I had no idea who I was walking into this room with. I kind of was going into this a little bit blind. So I walk into this room for the first time and I stare across the room at two dozen entrepreneurs. And all of a sudden, Jennifer, and this, it did... All of a sudden, it does not matter what I had built before. It did not matter my giant conference, my, my, my accomplishments as a photographer, anything I've ever, all the awards I've won, they all went right out mm-hmm. the window in my mind because I looked across that room. I started contrasting myself. I'm like, I think that person has to make more money. Than that. I don't even know who they are. They just look like they make more money than that, yeah. that person yeah. over there. They look like they're more sick. That person over there, well, they're in way better shape than me. So they have life figured out more than I have. I don't deserve to be in this room. Okay. Now I'm guessing your listeners have been in a similar situation, maybe not in a physical room, but where they walk into an environment, they don't feel that they belong. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had this like little panic attack and I had to, no one saw me do this, but I walked in the room. I walked right out of the room. I was like, Nope. And I went to a bathroom. I splashed water in my face. It says, you have to reset. You have to get back in there. Like, this is why you're here. I walked back in and I started talking to people. And here's the interesting thing I learned. Every single person in that room was thinking the exact same thing about me. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Like this guy must have something more than I have. That's why he's here. Mm -hmm. We always want to position ourselves with the lack or what we don't have. But if once again, if we hold that, that ideology of I'm figuring it out, no one, no one who matters is going to judge you for figuring out. In fact, the people who matter are going to support you for figuring it out. I love that. I love that. I actually just um, wrote this the other day, like comparison is the thief of all joy. I mean, it's natural to compare yourself, but I love that you actually like probably did a little self-talk there and nope, get back in there. (laughs) Talk to these people. I mean, that's sort of what we have to do in our heads when we're going through something like that. Like make that mind shift, Um, stay in your lane, do your own thing, um, connect with like-minded people and continue on your path. Um, But Switching gears here a little bit, what would you say the most important aspects fitness professional, like a, a fitness professional needs to grow their business? The first thing I look at the growth of a business in three phases, and all three are important. The first phase is awareness. And the reason awareness matters is because it is impossible to grow a business if people don't know you exist. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. But here's the thing. A lot of people are trying to generate awareness to a commodity. I'm a personal trainer. And they're trying to drive awareness to the fact that they're a personal trainer. We do not care. You being a personal trainer does not differentiate you or separate you from the 10,000 other personal trainers vying for that same attention. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, we'll use our role or our position or maybe our credentials a little bit as a barrier, as a shield protecting us from just revealing who we actually are. Okay? But once we start to peel back those layers, and this is why we've always separated building a brand to to growing a business and why they Mm -hmm. need to be intertwined with each other. Once we come in with what our actual brand is and why it's different, by the way, it's not that you're a personal trainer and it's not the services you provide as a personal trainer. It's who you are, the person who chose to do this work, why you chose Mm -hmm. to do it, what your inciting incident was, what your motivations were. It's when you start to reveal your Your character- Mm-hmm. Yes, your story and that moral mm-hmm. compass that directs you to do the actions you do. That's what we graft onto as an audience. Okay. So once you build that unique platform that no one can touch, that becomes your unfair advantage. Okay. Now you can then reinforce that with your credentials. You can reinforce mm-hmm. that with your experience. You can reinforce yeah. that with all the other things, but stop leading with those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then mm-hmm. you're driving massive awareness to this brand that you're bringing to market. And there's lots of ways to drive awareness. When I talk to individuals, they, they often will think, well, I don't have money for ads. So that's it, right? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Can you drive awareness through advertising? Of course you can drive awareness yeah. through advertising. We've been doing it for hundreds of years, but there are so many other ways you can drive awareness, earn media. We talk a lot about earn media. So yeah. getting featured on podcasts, getting in magazines, yeah. writing for digital features, all of it's earned media, getting involved in associations, uh, speaking at events. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say partnering with others, creating ambassadors and affiliate programs. You could use your own list. This is why we generate our own customer list or a prospect list or our potential client list. You can leverage those. You can rent other people's lists. You can create partnerships with companies. You can create partnerships with others in your industries to share resources and leads with each other. You can do old school prospecting where you just go meet people, introduce yourself, and you build relationships. All of it are ways to generate leads and awareness. Stop thinking there's just one. Okay. From awareness comes reinforcing your value. This is the second phase. Just because people know you exist 
does not mean they want to give you money. It doesn't mean that they even like you, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we reinforce our value to our audience through nurturing. We support our audience, even the audience who does not invest in us. You have listeners of this show, Jenny, who have not invested in you, but you're investing in them through this show, this free Mm -hmm. show that you deliver and you Mm -hmm. interview all these amazing guests on this show to give great value. This is you nurturing your audience. This is you Mm -hmm. reinforcing your value to this audience. And then when you do that successfully enough comes the third phase, which is conversion, where you give your audience these off ramps because audiences only buy when they're ready to buy, not when you want them to buy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cause, cause of course, you know, you release something, you open cart, you're like, I want to wake up tomorrow morning with, you know, an additional six figures in my bank account. Well, guess what? Your timeline does not match your consumer's timeline. Mm-hmm. They might see that like, oh, that's cool. I'll look at that later. And you're like, how could you look at this later? Don't you realize this could change? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll look at it later. I got other stuff to do today, yeah. right? So conversion yeah. is about giving enough off-ramps. Think of it like, a, like an interstate. You have enough off-ramps that the people who are ready to get off earlier and jump into your conversion earlier, we'll do so. The mm-hmm. people who need to be nurtured longer, you're going to keep them on that interstate or that highway until they're ready to take that exit ramp to get into whatever it is that you're trying to position them with. Okay, so that's that third phase, which is conversion. So it's grow your awareness, mm-hmm. reinforce your value to your audience. And then phase three is give them opportunities to convert into customers. I love that so much. And I could not agree more. Um, I've just always been about connection. And I tell it to my other girls who want to, you know, become a coach or you want to start their own businesses. Like you really have to connect with your people first. You know, you gotta, you gotta let them know who you are and that's how you make that connection. And then again, you add value to them. Lots and lots and lots of value. It just doesn't happen overnight. And a lot of people look at um, successful people and they think, oh, that they're lucky. And that just happened overnight. No, it took, took a long time. <laughs> so, took, like how long have you been in this business? James? I mean, like, I, I've been, I've been running businesses for, you know, 20 years, but yeah. I, you know, it's important to understand that it, yes, it looks like overnight success. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And this is a problem that we as coaches are perpetuating through only posting our greatest hits on social media. They're yeah. only posting our wins by us, not talking about the struggles we go through or the things that didn't work. We are not only doing ourselves a disservice, we're doing the industry a disservice because we're sending the wrong message. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'll, I'll take shooting a magazine cover as an example. You see, we shot the new cover of, of Cali. It's a great yes. photo. Yeah. It's a really great photo. What you didn't see were the 9,999 other photos that didn't make the cover. Exactly. Okay. Look at that success ratio. Yeah. One out of 10,000, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't that many. One out of a thousand mm-hmm. um, that did not make it. Okay. And for most people, they would look at that they're like, well, that success ratio doesn't work. I could never do that. Mm-hmm. Right. It takes, uh, there's a great ebook you can find online for free. I think it's called 279 Days to Overnight Success. Right. It's the perception of overnight success. Now, yeah. that being said, you listeners of your show, if you're thinking, well, I need money right now. Mm-hmm. I like this is all great. I want to. I I don't want to separate building a brand from growing a business. I need yeah. money right now. Yeah. Understand because I hear that, and especially through twenty twenty, this has impacted so many in the fitness industry. You have fast lane sales and you have slow lane sales. Okay, I keep going back to road analogies. Slow lane sales are what we're talking about, which is building a brand worth being noticed, worth mm-hmm. being remembered. From there, nurturing that audience and then converting sales. What this will do, 
These are slow lane sales, but these are the sales that will be way higher ticket and you'll have a much higher consumer lifetime value. CLV, consumer lifetime value. Like look at Starbucks. You spend $3 on a Starbucks drink. Starbucks, your consumer lifetime value to Starbucks is $8,500. Wow. Because you'll buy that drink mm-hmm. enough times yeah. over your over yeah. the lifetime of your interaction with that company. Mm-hmm. So slow lane sales build high CLVs. But for entrepreneurs that are listening to the show and they're thinking, why well, need revenue now? Yeah. Well, let's look at this and let's break this down. Let's do fast lane sales. What could you put to market today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you price it at? And what would be the fastest way to onboard a certain number of people into this product or into this service to make the revenue you need to make today. And we tested this last year and guess what? It works. And the best way to do it, you come up with your product. Let's just say it's, I'll do a three month coaching package and I'll price at 9.97. Okay, paid in full at 9.97. If you wanna do installments, it's 11.97, right? And okay, what are you gonna do to promote it? Well, I'll put it out on social media. Okay, good luck. And maybe you might get get a few leads. Mm -hmm. You better be focusing on not the fact that you're selling a program because no one's searching for a program, especially nope. on social media. We're not there holding our credit cards. Nope. You better be focused on the result, the transformation of the outcome. It's all we yep. care about as consumers. Yeah. And yep. unless you're talking about that, I'm not paying attention. I'm just seeing an advertisement. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then what do you do? You need to make revenue. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to think who is perfect for this program. You better know who's perfect for this program. If you don't know who's perfect for your program, why are you releasing a program? You have in your mind already, I guarantee every listener has in their mind already, the individuals who they know would be perfect for this program will write their names down. Yeah. You got to talk to that person. Pick up the phone and start calling them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? You're going to make some sales. Yeah. Because all you need to do is say, this is the transformation that this is going to give you. Sales, we have this bad impression of sales, especially calls that we're thinking, well, where it's a used car salesman, it's the telemarketer, it's the spam email her. This is not sales, not mm-hmm. the sales that we do. You need two things to sell. One, you need to care about the person you're talking to. Mm-hmm. And if you don't care about the person you're talking to, why would you be on the phone with them? Why would they pick up the phone? They won't pick up the phone. If you care about the person you're talking to, half the work's already done. Second thing you need to do to sell is you need to believe in the result you can give them. That's it. Yep. And if you care about the person you're talking to and you believe in the result, That's all you have to do to make a sale. That's it. This is what this is going to give you. I would sell my best friend. (laughs) And I have. I've sold my best friend's wife on things because I knew it would help them. And it did. Yeah. Yeah. You know the value. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't sell it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a fast lane sale. Now, can you do this and make revenue in the short term? Absolutely. If you need to do that, then do it. But Mm -hmm. this is not a long-term strategy because you'll burn yourself out like that. And you'll always be in that sales mode. And when you're always in that sales mode, people will start turning up their defenses a little bit, expecting a pitch. And I I like to call it like as a business person, as a business owner, you you almost have to view it as now money and then later money. And you want to give yourself that time to work on the later money. That's like your that's like really your end goal. But somebody who's just starting, yeah, you do have to work on the now money because you need to get that money and reinvest in yourself and in the business. And really know your value at, ladder, right? When I look at like our high ticket sales that we've had this year, mm-hmm. 80% of our high ticket sales have come from individuals who have invested in us before. Yeah. At smaller, at smaller yeah. increments or smaller investments or smaller opt-ins or smaller tickets. Okay. 
meaning only 20% of our high tickets came from individuals who were new to our ecosystem. Mm. So just right there, it's like this is an 80-20 principle. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like look, look who's already in your world and nurture them because it's hard to find new leads. Like you have, you, if you've built, um, if, if you've built, you're, you're shaking your head and <laughs> jump in there, jump in there. <laughs> I, it, 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 okay. When you're finding new leads, you're going to invest and either yes. you invest yeah. time or you're going to invest lots of money. We invest both to build leads. Because when I look at the, the, the clients in our ecosystem, many of them have been there for years, mm -hmm. but it's, it's this investment. It's that reinforcing value that they've been in our ecosystem for years. They've been to our conferences. They've read our books. They've listened to our podcasts. They, 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 they make a decision about how they feel about us. They're not lukewarm about any of the things we do. I would rather our audience do one of two things, love us or hate us mm -hmm, mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. be lukewarm because the lukewarm people don't swipe credit cards yeah. people who love your brand do and people who hate your brand that's okay because what they're doing is they're disqualifying you yeah. from ever having to spend any more time and energy on them yeah 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 i i mean i i agree on that like there's you're not gonna you're not gonna make everyone happy and that's okay the people that don't like you you don't like you're just different right? You want to really focus on the people that love on you and you love them back. Um, and that's really when a brand grows. Hey, I just wanted to take a little one minute pause and share with you that this episode is brought to you by my sponsors, Pure Vita Labs, makers of my very favorite protein powder. Go to pvl.com to get 20% off your purchase using my code STRONGGIRLS20 all one word, all caps. That's pvl.com and discount code STRONGGIRLS20. Switching it up a little bit here because I know we chatted a lot about this on your podcast and I know you help a lot of fitness professionals position themselves to media. What are some of your tips here for somebody that, you know, has maybe invested in a photo shoot and really one of their main goals is to you know, get printed or, you know, do more in the media world to get more noticed, get their story out there. What are some of your recos there? So first I want to hit two misconceptions about earning media because this is bringing up that imposter syndrome again. Mm -hmm. One is that they think that media earning media is only for celebrities. It's not. I've shot 500 covers in my career, less than I would say 50 were celebrities or anyone of a celebrity status, which means 90% or more were individuals who had a story worth sharing. And that interior features, it's like 99.9% .9 to 2.1% yeah. celebrity. Uh, second misconception is you need to do something really big. And once you do something big, the media is going to notice and they'll come to you. They're not looking. They're too busy. They're overwhelmed. Too many people are going to them. Stop yeah. thinking you need to do something. You can already earn media today. Earn media is something that you do through the action of building relationships with media, not through what you're doing in hopes that the media will notice you mm -hmm, and find mm -hmm, you. Mm -hmm. So once those two misconceptions are, are absolved, then it comes to your three goals. What are your goals with media? Because it's going to dictate what media you're pitching to. Goal one, we'll just call it vanity. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I, mm -hmm. I, there are magazines that I would love to shoot for. It would not do anything for my career other than it would just be cool as hell yeah. to shoot for them, right? Everybody wants the status, right? Yeah. yeah. Number two, 
is authority amplification. Authority amplification are publications and or digital, we'll just say media, because it could be a podcast, could be a television show, mm -hmm. could be a, a radio show, could be a newspaper. But being in this thing is going to amplify your authority in the future. So I can say that my work has been featured in Yahoo Finance, in Business Insider, in Market Watch, in ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox has all featured my work as a coach. All right. That amplifies my authority. So when I say that, what I'm saying is all these brands vouch for my story, my product, my service, my book, and they shared it with their audiences. Okay. That's authority amplification. Mm -hmm. Goal three is lead generation. You want people to see the media feature, go from the media feature into your marketing funnel mm -hmm. and become a lead. Okay. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. for those listening, they're like, well, aren't two and three the same? Not really. Not really. I'll give an example. Let's say you land a national um, magazine spot. Okay. Doesn't matter the magazine. Oh, we'll just say strong, strong magazine. And, and you, you get a workout spread in strong magazine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Versus you get featured on your local TV news station. Okay. Now strong magazine, you're in this feature. People see the workout spread. They're like, oh, this is really cool. Maybe I'll look into her later, right? Maybe I'll look her up. And maybe they look you up, they give you because it's probably going to be a slow lane sale if it's a sale. But it's great for authority amplification. Yeah. Yeah. People like you say, like, hey, I've been featured in strong. Yeah. That's a huge bumper. It's how you okay? use it. It's how we yeah. it's how you use it, as we said before. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. if especially if you're an in-person trainer, what percentage of strong readers are in your city? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, we're, 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 we're getting down to it now, right? Yeah. 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 Versus you're on your local news and they're doing a profile on you in your gym. That's going to generate leads for you. Yeah. It's going to, it's not a big authority amplifier because the mm -hmm. only people mm -hmm. who know you were on this local news channel were people yeah. in your local community, yeah. but it's going to generate a lot of leads for you. We've had people who've landed local media features, like in a local magazine, who have two X their business leads in a single month because people want to support local and the yeah. people reading that or watching that or listening to that are your exact clients. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you choose your outlets based on what your goals are and can some things achieve multiple goals? Of course they can. Yeah, absolutely. They can. Okay. But this is how you start to hone in on where you're putting your energy. So now that we understand that four steps to earn media, and it's stupid simple, like embarrassingly simple. Step one, research the outlet. Do your research. So if it's a magazine, you better be picking up that magazine. You better be getting a sense of what they do, how often they do yeah. it, and why they do what they do, what yeah. their mission is, who writes honest, for it. When, when uh, we get a lot of questions, um, you know, a lot of, you know, suggestions, they want to be part of the magazine. And, and now I've, I've just started asking, do you have an issue? Do you have a subscription? It's as simple as that. And I'm so surprised as so many people are like, uh, no, I actually don't. It's like, well, maybe start there. Why, <laughs> why can, would, yeah. yeah. Why would we invest in you if you're not even investing the, even just the time to read the magazine? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I cannot tell you because I've been an in-house photographer for a couple of magazines. <clears throat> the number of times we get messages that will get the name of the magazine wrong. 
that will not understand. Like I, I, I worked with one that was, you know, it was a women's fitness magazine, but men would pitch for it just because they're, what are they doing? They're shotgunning. Yeah. They're shotgunning pitches. Right. Yeah. And they're just trying to get yeah. out and just, just hope something uh, yields a return. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, they get the editor's name wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> to whom no, it may, con- never write to. to whom it may concern. Do not like no. just, if there's one red thing, so red, red flag, never write to whom it may concern find the person you're building a relationship with. So one, do the research. Okay. And same with podcasting, like listen to an episode, get a sense of the podcast. Okay. And then when you do this research, you get a sense of how you can support or fit in or fill in for this publication or Mm -hmm. podcast or TV show Mm -hmm. or radio show, whatever. Step two, you pitch. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now a bad pitch is the following. Hey, Jenny, my name is James Patrick. I'm a photographer. Let me know if you could ever use me. That'd and be a terrible. Those about ten. I I get those personally, like a couple times. Like a I would few love times to be in your magazine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you would love to be in our magazine. Yeah. This this does not. So so do the other people pitching. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. The pitch has to be in. I'm going to go back to this word again. Value driven. If you are not giving value in your pitch, it is the easiest thing to delete and ignore. Your pitch needs to follow this format. This is who I am. Well, first address it to a person. All right. This is who I am. This is what I do slash why it matters. This is what I want to do for your publication. That's it. That's a pitch. It is two and a half sentences. Okay. Anything else can be embedded, hyperlinked, or if it's small enough, attached. Your media kit, hyperlink or attached. Sample photos, hyperlinked. Don't attach a bunch of photos. No. But hyperlink them. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's a pitch. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I want to do for you. I have to give a presentation this weekend. <clears throat> and what I'm going to do, because in my podcast, I get a couple pitches a week. Mm-hmm. To, to be, be on, on your podcast, show. you mean. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I save them all to use as examples of a good pitch versus a bad pitch. And a good, like the ones that I use as good pitches, like, hi, this is my name. Uh, I'm a executive business coach. I want to come on your show to talk about high ticket sales because high ticket sales have never been covered on your show before. Attaches my media kit. Boom. That's it. That is it. I don't need any more information yeah. booked for value. the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if it works mm-hmm. for the show, of course. Yeah. Um, I got another one. And the only reason I opened this other one is because it came from a publicist I know. So I only read it because they sent it. And it was mm-hmm. this two page long bio and paragraph. <laughs> and I was just like, You're like, what? I already know you. <laughs> what? It, no, but on one of their clients. Okay. Okay. But at no point. It, and, and so I responded back. I was like, why are you sending this to me? Mm-hmm. Is this someone you want to hire me? Is this someone who wants to be on my show? Is this someone who, what is the intention? Oh, he'd yeah. be a great guest on your show. Well, Why? And I don't even know what you could talk about. I have no, yeah. and it was like, so what a terrible back and forth. Mm-hmm. And the only mm-hmm. reason we had this back and forth is because I was, you know, respecting the relationship I had with this publicist. Yeah. He did not get booked for the show. Yeah. Yeah. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I want to do for you. That's it. Now here's the catch. You're not going to hear it back. And the reason you're not going to hear back is because poor Jenny gets a hundred of these a day. She's too busy. I only get, I only get like four a week. Jenny gets a hundred a day, right? <laughs> so oh. in a couple of weeks, you got to send a follow-up. Mm-hmm. 
the follow-up to be clear is not just following up to make sure you got this. Don't yeah. do that. Cause that might, why guilt the trip them. The goal of the follow-up is to add additional value. So let's say, for example, you pitched a kettlebell workout circuit on the side of a mountain. <laughs> Sounds so familiar. The pitch is, hi, uh, my name is Jenny. I'm a personal trainer based in Canada. I crafted a, uh, you know, 10 part kettlebell workout circuit, uh, Here's a link to all the photos. I can have these edited for your magazine. Let me know if this would be of interest to your readers. Boom. That's the pitch, right? The mm-hmm. follow-up is, by the way, if that did not work for you, I shot a resistance band workout circuit because resistance bands are really easy to get right now during the pandemic, mm-hmm. okay, where kettlebells might be hard to get. If that would be of more interest to you, here's the link to those. That's yeah. a follow-up, okay, yeah. and like three weeks yeah. or four weeks later. Or it could be, you know what? CNBC just did a full article on how kettlebells are the most effective piece of equipment in a gym, right? And the most underutilized, the most effective. What well, I don't know. You'd have to find an article about the benefit yep. of kettlebells. What you're doing, it's called newsjacking. You're pointing at another news outlet saying, look what this outlet is saying about mm-hmm. this thing. So you're giving additional validity to it, yeah. adding additional value to it. Okay. So you're building upon what you're pitching by either adding more to it or Mm -hmm. by sending more ideas. And then the next pitch after that is going to be something along the lines of, oh, by the way, I also did this new photo shoot. I think these images would be great in your exhale section Mm -hmm. or, you know, your pure adrenaline section, right? So you're constantly putting new content in front of them. The goal is not to get a single piece of content picked up as perfect. The goal is to get their attention, to start a mm-hmm. conversation because they mm-hmm. might get this and they say, oh, well, this is cool, but we just did a kettlebell circuit in our like two issues ago. What else do you have? And then yeah. you're right there because you have their yeah. attention now. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. step two is pitch. Most people stop after one pitch. 95% of people stop after one pitch can take eight to 12, wow. eight to yeah. 12 points of contact. Yeah. Step three, you get an opportunity. You just deliver and you over deliver. You reinforce mm-hmm. why they took a chance on you. The number of times I've had people never get hired again because of their failed delivery is astonishing. Mm-hmm. I remember I was in New York and uh, I was working with a photo editor there and we're going through some photos that were in my book. And he came across this photo. I won't name the person, but he came across this photo of this, this very well-known, uh, 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 I'll just say entrepreneur in the fitness industry. And he says, oh, you work with this individual a lot. Now I had bad experiences working with this person. She burned a lot of my clients, a lot of my magazine clients who refused to ever hire her again. So I wanted to proceed with caution here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, not as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. And he, he sighed, sat back in his chair. He says, I effing hate her. I'm like, oh my goodness, what happened? He says, we hired her one time and she was so hard to work with and she left the shoot early. We almost had to cancel the photo shoot. And every time she's come up for a cover and she's come up for a cover a lot because of her status, I've walked up to the board and I've ripped her photo off. She will never, ever earn a media feature in any of our publications ever again. Now, this is a top publishing house in New York. Okay. That's a bad story. Mm -hmm. That is an outlier. Mm -hmm. Show up be respectful, mm-hmm. work hard, mm-hmm. do your job, mm-hmm. have fun with it. Yeah. Focus on building great relationships. Yeah. And then step four is you stay in touch because when you stay in touch, you find out what the magazine needs next. Yeah. Cause your goal was not one feature. Your goal is to become a valued asset to this media outlet. And much like it can take eight to 12 points of contact for a magazine editor to notice you. 
would you not agree it would behoove you to be in Strong Fitness Magazine more than once, maybe a few times, Absolutely. maybe building up yeah. your resonance and your connection with yeah. that audience? This is what we do to earn media. And it yeah. sounds simple. The hardest part is it's just the repetition of those pitches. I love that. Those are really great tips because I, I mean, I know that people stop at that first pitch, you know, they just feel so failed if somebody doesn't get back to them and defeated and, and you have to just put your sensitivity aside a little bit and just focus on again, building that relationship and putting yourself in that person's shoes. This person's really, really busy. They probably didn't see it follow up. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm more intrigued when a person follows up three times with me and then I'm like, okay. And like you said, be a nice person, be a person that you can work with because we all love working with people that, you know, make us feel good, happy that we can align ourselves with and build that relationship. And you're so right. Like if we have a great experience with one of our athletes, they're probably going to be in our, our mag again. Those are awesome, awesome tips. I think so much of it is the realization, and this is going to shock your readers or your listeners, excuse me, that the people who work at the magazine are also human mm-hmm. and they might want to be treated as humans. Yeah. Like, I, exactly. it, it, you know, and I, and I understand it's like we, 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 we put magazine editors slash publishers slash art directors and producers on this pedestal mm-hmm. as if they need to look down on us and we need to look up at them. But when you realize that you are bringing value to this publication and your job is to help the publication, so not just help them with the content, but actually help the mission of the publication, what you're doing or the podcast, that right there builds a great relationship. And that person's going to come. This is why there, there are editors who I've worked with for over a decade. It's because I want to go that extra step in developing that relationship. Yeah. And it's not for your listeners. It's not a question of if you will earn media or not. It's a question of when you are going to earn this media. Mm-hmm. I've never, never in yeah. 20 years had a client who pursued media who did not earn media. Mm-hmm. It's never happened. Mm-hmm. I really love that. I really love that. So James, where can all of our listeners find you? I'll include your, your notes below, but, but let us know where we can find you. So what I want to offer your listeners is two things. One is a free copy of my best-selling book, oh, Fit Business Guide, The Workout Plan for Your Brand. I'll send it to you in uh, an ebook format, in a Kindle format, so you can read it on your phone or your iPad. Um, okay, awesome. As well as for anyone that's interested, I will do a 20-minute PR strategy call with them absolutely free. That's Meaning awesome. I'll look at your, your work, I'll look at your brand, I'll look at your positioning, and I'll give you advice on how to optimize your pitching efforts. All you have to do to get either one of those is find me on Instagram, send me a message said, I heard you on Jenny's podcast. And then I'll know, I'll know what to do from there. So on Instagram at J Patrick photo, that's it. Thank you so much for that. Our listeners are going to be super excited. Um, I always like to wrap up with this question. What does the word strong mean to you? That's such a good question that (laughs) I did not anticipate coming. (laughs) Here's my belief on strength. I made a mistake for a very long time in my career, and I'll use the word success, believing that success had a milestone or a metric that went along with it. I'll be successful when fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. I achieve a certain financial goal. I, I, I marry a certain woman, I, I, I drive a certain car, I wear a certain style of clothing. 
this is what defines success. But the problem is, is whenever I hit that metric, I move the finish line and I never allowed myself to be successful. And I think strength is the same thing. We mm-hmm. set metrics for what we believe strength is. I'll be strong or I will see myself as strong when I achieve this thing or when I hit this goal or when I PR to this level. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what I learned about success and what I believe about strength is it is a state of mind. Yeah. Now I choose success every single day. Every day I wake up, I choose success. Even days that do not go well, even days where we get beat up and knocked down. I feel more successful than I ever did when I was just pursuing metrics. So looking at strength, I do not believe strength is conditional. I believe strength is a choice and it's a choice we have the opportunity to make every day. And once you choose, therefore you are. That is the most amazing answer. I could not agree more because I'm so, I'm such a believer of like living in the moment too, because so many people are always looking for the future, looking to the future, but they haven't really um, looked at everything they've done for this actual moment in time. And you're even going to learn this more when you have your child, (laughs) you know, to enjoy the actual journey in the moment. Right. I I just love that answer. That's awesome. Thank you you so much for chatting with me today, James. I know our listeners as well as inspiring fitness professionals got a lot out of you today. So I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us and I cannot wait to continue our relationship. Just know the gratitude is all at this end of the Zoom table. What you're doing with, like with the publication, of course, but what you're doing with this podcast, you are giving a platform to not just spread information, but to really share empowerment and equip your listeners to take steps towards their goals. And I wish things like this existed when you and I were starting and it's just so amazing you're doing it. So thank you to you. Oh, thank you so much, James. I really appreciate that. And that's a wrap on another episode. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I just love being able to share these strong stories and thoughts with you. And I hope you were able to take away a piece of inspiration from today. If there's one favor I could ask, please keep sharing, post a screenshot, share a direct link with a friend or post a review and help spread the word so more people can tune in and find their strong. And if you ever wanted to subscribe to our Strong Fitness Magazine and get the physical copy mailed to your doorstep for more inspiration and motivation, I will include the link in the show notes and please feel free to use my Strong Girl 3 discount code to save. Guys, I cannot wait for the next show. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay. Take care and stay strong.